This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 128 with Tay and Val. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 128. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive is an app that brings your workouts right into your earbuds by syncing the motivational guidance of a personal trainer with the perfect playlist to bring you an elevated on-demand audio fitness experience. And one more quick note before we dive in with Tay and Val today, I am starting to put together information for the next Shameless Mom Mastermind group. We are in the middle of the Momentum Mastermind right now, and it has been phenomenal. I cannot even tell you the amazing, amazing things that these women are doing. So if you have been looking to take action in your life, maybe getting in better shape, maybe eating better, maybe making some sort of professional pivot, maybe just creating some time for yourself, please reach out to me at info at shamelessmom.com and just let me know you want to be added to the waitlist for the next mastermind group. I'm putting together the waitlist and getting all the details ready. So we will be getting that up and running soon. So reach out to me at info at shamelessmom.com and I will get you added to the waitlist. All right, let's get into this episode. Tay and Val are the spiritual consultants and soul mentors that executive coaches of Fortune 500 companies and founders of multi-million dollar public companies go to to answer the question, what's next? Everything they do is grounded in the intention to help you lead your best life. Award-winning filmmakers Tay and Val left their very successful media careers, closed their production company, wrapped work on their nationally televised television series, P.S. I'm Sorry, and set off to travel the world by bicycle for a documentary project to inspire dreams. Six years, three continents, more than 400 public talks and national radio and television appearances, and two TED Talks later, 
Tay and Val have settled in the Pacific Northwest as city artists in Seattle. They are committed to helping visionary leaders meet their call to greatness with clear-eyed vision, groundedness, and deep trust. They work with leaders and businesses around the globe who hear the call to rise and say yes. Most recently, their work has also appeared in the Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, and Thrive Global. They are the co-founders of M Meditation. Their signature program, Propel Your Purpose, Sherpas, a soulful tribe of multi-passionate, multi-talented, and multi-faceted millennials at heart to bring their whole selves to the table, creating a thriving life and make the impact you've always envisioned for yourself and the world. I am so excited about this episode. I'm interviewing Tay and Val. They are life partners and business partners, and they literally complete each other's sentences. Just listening to them talk is going to be kind of mind-blowing to you, but they share amazing, amazing stories about their journey around the world on bicycles, what inspired them on their journey, what they learned along the way, how things just completely fell apart on more than one occasion, and how they just kept going. They're going to share why they left their award-winning careers to start this journey on their bikes around the world. They're going to share how one man's dream changed their dreams forever. They're going to talk about their pivotal question, what's your dream? They're going to share a story of an eight-year-old girl that helped them to define their sole purpose and set them on a path to align with their sole purpose. And they're going to share the surprising and enlightening thing that moms around the world shared with them, that united them with moms around the world, and that shifted their own guilt for being the daughters who left home to live their dreams. This episode was so fun, definitely different than any anything else I've done on the show. I was blown away by the story that Tay and Val had to share and the huge life lessons that they learned on their journey that they are really using to help catapult other people around the world to live their dreams and follow their passions and find their biggest, truest, most soulful purposes. So let's go ahead and dive in with Tay and Val. Tay and Val, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have two guests here today. Thank you for having us. This is Val. And this is Tay. This is so exciting. So I've never met you two in person. And so I'm going to have to test myself with your voices throughout the episode. <laughs> I recently did my first interview with two people, but it was with two women I'd already met. So I had a pretty good sense of who was talking. So this is going to be fun for me. This is a fun little challenge. <laughs> so I want to hear a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio that we just shared. What are you two most excited about in life right now? The dynamics of our life is that we are life partners and we are also business partners. Which so. means we're 24-7 in each other's faces <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Do you get sick of each other? <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> when we fight and we quarrel, it is the time where, but, you know, I need to get away from this person for a while. But the next morning when I wake up, it's like, oh, I'm so glad you're still here. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank you for not leaving. Yes. I think a lot of times on the journey of entrepreneurship, when you are a business owner, it can get super, super isolating. And no matter what the disagreement was about, whether it you know stems from personal life or from our business, the next morning when you open your eyes, you're still grateful that you're not on this journey alone. Yes. So I think that that makes everything okay. That's yeah. so true. I so admire YouTube. My husband and I, for until a year ago, my husband and I both owned our own businesses. And we would try to collaborate every once in a while because he was a graphic designer and I had multiple businesses that I needed a graphic designer for. And it was really hard. And we would <laughs> argue a lot. <laughs> so, I totally understand you. <laughs> 
And I remember talking to a friend, she and her husband were both lawyers at the same law firm. And she's like, oh, yeah, we can never work on the same projects. Like we would kill each other. I was like, yes, like I get that. So I'm very, very impressed and inspired by people who can work together and live together. It's not for everyone. I'll say that. Yeah. How long have you two been working together, living together, doing everything together? It's about... We know we've known each other for about thirteen years. We've been working together and living together for about eight years. Okay, so yeah. a while. You've like stood the test of time. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> time is relative, right? <laughs> <laughs> you only have a few years left. <laughs> we did one great thing from the very beginning. Yeah, we made an agreement with each other that you know we both share the same vision, and we might not have the same way of doing things but we know we are getting to the same destination so we made an agreement to agree that we will always help each other grow oh i love that tell us a little bit about your shared vision to really distill it down in one sentence we like to say that we are here to enlighten the economy and help businesses become conscious because we have it stems from the belief that in order to enlighten the society, we first have to enlighten the economy. And that's our core message. And we do it through just a variety of ways through being multimedia artists who walk into immigrant and refugee communities to share stories through being filmmakers who make documentaries that, you know, travel the world and also through our business consulting services Mm -hmm. to help business owners bring purpose leadership into their businesses. Yeah. I love that. And your mission is not a small mission (laughs) when you're trying to to make the economy a little more ethical. I mean, it's not a big deal at all. (laughs) This is us being totally shameless right here. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I know you guys do really cool things. I was actually invited last week or a week or two ago to an event that you were hosting that was wine and yoga. And I was like, why isn't everyone not offering wine and yoga? This is the most magical combination. So I love that you have that you're working with businesses and with this bigger corporate message. But you're also trickling down to like, let's do small community events where people can get together and drink wine and do yoga. (laughs) And so I think that's really, really cool that you have that multifaceted ideas behind your branding and behind your vision. Well, thank you for checking out our community events. Uh, just a tiny little course correction, where right? The event was actually meditation and oh, wine. Sorry, meditation and wine. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> wine and yoga is being done in Seattle, but just by another group of equally oh. awesome folks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't want to confuse people. No, you're right. It was meditation and wine. And also another combination, like that's not things you would think would go together, but but it sounds so fun. You ask us what we are so excited about right now. We're actually building a meditation boutique studio in Seattle. So the whole intention for it is really for it to become a modern meditation studio whereby we are not talking about religion. We're not talking about People just having to know certain things before they can even sit down and meditate. So we're trying to make meditation accessible to everyone. And we are starting that by having this pop-up series of meditation that, you know, just to bust some myths about meditation. So meditation and wine was our first. And then upcoming, we have meditation and shots. 
juice shots, <laughs> no <laughs> alcohol involved. So, so fun. Yeah, and there's a whole series yeah. like meditation and gluten, meditation and meat, just anything that you wouldn't think to associate meditation with, we are going to pair them together to show you that meditation is something you can bring into your modern life as a city dweller, as an urban knight. It's not something you have to go find a cave, wear a robe and count rosary beads for. Right, yeah. right. Oh, I love that. So do you have a permanent location already? Like, do you have it designated already? Or are you still working on that? Not yet, but okay. we feel like we need to build the community first. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we want when the shop front opens, like we want the community to already be there. I love that. Yeah. So I heard recently, it was probably about a year ago, and I can't remember who was telling me. It might have even been Gary V. Do you guys follow Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah. Yes. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk, he's like a serial entrepreneur who's ridiculously successful and also probably like one of self-proclaimed hardest working entrepreneurs out there. And I say self-proclaimed because I think there's a lot of hardworking entrepreneurs and I, I don't know that he definitely works harder than anyone else, but he definitely claims to. But he's great. He's a really fun person to follow. And I think it was him that said meditation centers are going to be like the new gyms in the next like 10 or so years, that they'll be yes. everywhere and it'll yes. be a super common thing, which I think fantastic because I think it's a practice. It's kind of like exercise. It's taken a while for everyone to realize like, oh, I actually do really need to do this. And meditation is going to be the next thing because the benefits are so impactful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you run a gym, Sarah, so you know the importance of, you know, having a place and a community to show up to, to train the body. So why wouldn't yeah. you do that for your mind? Why wouldn't you do that for your soul? Totally, totally. So I want to talk about your bicycle journey. The two of you left your award-winning careers and left home. Remind me where home was. Singapore. Singapore. Okay, that's what I thought. So you left Singapore to travel the world on your bicycles and collect as many answers as possible to the question, what is your dream? Tell us a little bit about this huge, amazing venture. Well, our whole life has been in acting and directing and TV career. And then we got to a point whereby we were doing something that we really love, that we were so passionate about. But why was it draining us out so much? You know, we got to a point whereby we were broken in our souls and we didn't know how to continue doing the work we love. Yeah. Yeah. So we rebelliously decided to take, you know, next month's rent, two backpacks, left the country to just go on a backpacking trip to say, hey, you know, I don't know what is going to happen to my life right now. What's my next step? But I want to go to the beach lie down for two weeks and I'll contemplate about, you know, what's my next step in life. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had this grand plan that we're going to lie on the beach for two weeks. Nobody's going to disturb us. And we got to our destination, Taiwan, landed in the airport and we heard a typhoon alert <gasps> throughout the country. <laughs> oh, no. You know, like they say, follow your intuition. Our intuition said hit the beach. And then we booked our tickets. We went there. We landed and like, there was a typhoon alert. So it's one of those times where you're like, wow. really? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make you so trusting of your intuition. <laughs> no, you just think that, you know, like somebody is all out to play this major, major cruel joke on you. Right. Yeah. Right. So all the B&Bs along the coast, were, all the coasts were closed. So we forced ourselves to walk into the last place that we were ever walked into, the tourist office. And we asked the lady there, can you point us in any direction in this country right now where a beach is open? <laughs> hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence 
Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. I love it. And she said no. Oh my god. She's like, there's nowhere that is open right now except for this water amusement park. Oh my gosh. Not (laughs) not our ideal place for soul searching. Right. But we were desperate enough to say, okay, there's water there. Maybe it's a great resort. We can check it out. So she said, Okay, wait, wait five minutes, I'll put in the call for you. So she called the place up. And the person on the other line said, well, we're so sorry, ma'am. Our park is closed for maintenance this weekend. Now, here's the thing. This park only closes for maintenance once a year. And it had to be that weekend. Oh, my gosh. The universe was did not have your back. <laughs> no, it didn't feel like that at all. And she didn't know why we were so devastated. Like, we really just wanted to chill and there was no place to do that. And she said, okay. Why don't I suggest this place to you that me and my friends went to last week? So she's like, off the books, this is not an official recommendation, but you guys look really upset and I really want to help you guys. <laughs> so she showed us photos of this train B&B that is like a train restaurant and a B&B together right beside the ocean. It is not a beach whereby you can walk down to this all rocks and stones, but it was right beside the ocean. She mm-hmm. said, okay, would you like to try this out? We said, well... 
if this cruel joke continues, it's like, you know, why not? Why not? At this point, we were like, just bring us anywhere where we could have. We, we could just want to get out of there. <laughs> right. So she said, great. Now, let me write you this set of these instructions. So she gave us a set of really dodgy instructions. <laughs> she said, okay, first, you take the local train for one and a half hours, right? And when you get to the place... You exit by the back door. Now, do not follow everyone that's going to come go out by the proper exit, but exit by the back door. Oh so gosh. once you have, I know, right? And she said, once you've exited the train station, you will find yourself at the beginning of a dirt path. And she said, just go on the dirt path. And every time you need to make a turn, turn left until you have made three left turns. So we're like, seriously, we are going to do this. Oh my gosh. And here's what she said. She said, by the end of your third left turn, you will come face to face with a husky dog. And here was when you really felt like the universe was trying to speak to you, but just in a very, very weird and perverse voice. She said, follow the dog. (laughs) (laughs) No way. So did you go find the dog? Yes. (laughs) And we did follow the dog. The dog brought us to the ocean front. And to where the train B&B is. Wow. So we found this train B&B in the middle of a typhoon alert. There was no one else there. It was just us. There was a 65-year-old gentleman who runs this B&B and restaurant. And when you say train B&B, you're talking about a train that has been turned into basically a hotel. Yes. So he's this crazy 65-year-old guy who spent his entire retirement pension towing, you know, trains from World War Two that was like no longer in use. He told them all the way from the city to this this village. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That you cannot even Google for. And he built a B and B in there. In wow. the trains. He even bought the train tracks, you know, the wood and the And the like metal. laid tracks down? Yes. Wow. So we end up in this place sitting right in front of him as he brought us dinner. And you must remember, it had been a really, really long day. And we were just so tired and so broken broken down. And we just had to ask him, we were like, uncle. So in Asia, we call every elder uncle or auntie. So uncle, why do you have this weird place in the middle of an even weirder place? Like, why did you create this thing? He looked at us as if we were asking the silliest question ever. And then he gave us three words. He said, it's, it's my dream. dream. Wow. And then he walked away. And we were just sitting there in front of our food, bawling. Oh, <laughs> like my gosh. Shit. <laughs> because up till that point in time, no one else had prompted that reflection within us. No one else had asked us, you know, what is our dream? What is it that we want to do with our lives? Like, why are we here? Wow. And why would this 65-year-old man have more energy, more passion in life? You know, his eyes sparkle when he talks. Why is he like that? And why are the two of us not like that? Yeah. Like, I want what he has. What is it that he has that I don't? Right, right. Yeah. Did you talk with him more and figure that out? He prompted us to ask ourselves what our dream is. Oh. So we lay there the whole night that night, or actually the three days that we were there, really doing some soul searching. So what is our dream beyond 
have making you know a great career beyond having a car, beyond having a condominium, beyond having, beyond checking all the check boxes of a good life as defined by our society and you know our community. Yeah. What is it that makes us who we are, and what are the hand, foot, and heart prints we're here to leave behind? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And on the last day that we were there, I think he made really great friends with us. He brought us into his garage. It was like a secret garage that he doesn't show anyone else. He brought us in there, and in there were all these souvenirs that he has collected over his 50-year career as a train master. There were like the old telephones, the telegram machine, old photos, train models. Oh, wow. Wow, it was like amazing. And he told us, you know, girls, I have one last dream. And we are like, oh man, you are atrocious. You have one more dream? <laughs> like, how is it possible? <laughs> and he said, we asked him, what is it? What is your last dream? He said, oh, I want to, you know, visit every single train station one more time before I go. I want to stand in front of each train station and take a photo and just, you know, let it be my life's momento and I'll be happy. So we were like, wow, you are 65. You should go now, you know? And he said, well, I can't because my wife said, you know, I cannot do this alone. She would not let me do this alone. She wanted me to go with somebody. And he had wanted not just, we thought he he was just going to hop onto the train, stop at every single stop, take a photo and get off. He said, no, I want to cycle as close to the train tracks as possible. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I want to use my human strength to journey alongside the trains and the tracks that, you know, I have been traveling through and driving through for the last 50 years of my life. And so like, well, all the more you should go now. (laughs) Yeah. But he got us so fired up and, you know, Val was so inspired that she volunteered the both of us right there and then and said, you know, uncle, wait for us six months. We will come back and do this last dream with you. I wasn't thinking. Yeah, she doesn't even know how to cycle. (laughs) (laughs) It was true. At that time, I didn't even know how to bicycle and we did not even own bicycles. Oh my gosh. But making that promise and seeing his eyes lit up and seeing what he had, you know, just appreciating what he had done for us, showing us a way and just living an example, I knew that in my heart, it was a promise I had to fulfill. This wasn't one of those things where about, you know, you just say for the sake of saying, and then you ghost on somebody. <laughs> this is really something that it was a commitment that we had to see through. Yeah. So we went home and told ourselves, if one man can inspire two young ladies, you know, the thing about this one great question in life, like what's our dream, what's our passion, what are we here for? What if we were to go around the world and share this one question, this story, his story with other people that we meet? Imagine the good and the difference this will make. Yeah. And that was how we began this crazy journey to bicycle around the world to ask as many people as possible, what is your dream? Yeah. And you have a video that you sent me on this, and I was like bawling by the end of the video. So I will make sure I link to the video in the show notes for our listeners. If you want to go to shamelessmom.com, click on episode 128. There's a video of how this adventure started and where you went. And there's literally a video of the train and the bicycle next side by side that like totally scared me. (laughs) 
I felt you just like see this train going super fast and you see this bicycle and you're like, oh my gosh, they're like three inches apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was what about the video resonated with you? Well, just the impact that you had in that mission that you've been all over the world and I saw in the video, it shows you talking to all these different groups of people in different countries. And at the end, you're asking them like to follow their dreams and make commitments. And people are just like raising their hands and jumping up and down and writing their dreams down and showing them and sharing them. And it was so powerful and so cool. And I think exactly what you just said is that it takes that one person to inspire the two of you. So that man inspired the two of you. And then you went and you've inspired all these other groups of people. And that really is like, that is how change happens and that is how growth happens but we sometimes we don't see I thought that the video did a great job of showing how one person or two people can impact so many lives and I think that sometimes we get so caught up and especially as moms we get so caught up in like just getting through the day and like the things that have to get done that we don't recognize the trickle down like the impact of your actions on another person and how that inspires them to behave towards someone else. And it's just this cycle that keeps going. And it's kind of like the whole idea of paying it forward. It's like, it's a never ending impact of how you impact someone else's life. And then they turn around and impact another person's life. Oh, thank you. That's, thank that's you. Well, <laughs> it was pretty amazing and pretty impressive. <laughs> Tell me if this was along the way, there was a little eight year old girl that helped you define your sole purpose. So tell us about this little eight-year-old girl. So, you know, after six months of fundraising and everything. And we, training. And training, getting ourselves on bikes, sponsorship, and all that stuff. We finally appeared at Uncle's doorstep. Okay. And we set off on this journey with him. We were all so excited. I thought I was going to make an award-winning documentary out of it. You know, um, two girls, one man. Three, three bicycles. Oh, this last dream is it, just a great story. Yeah, all the right ingredients for an award-winning story, truly. So was, that was part of the goal going into it, was the production of a documentary as you went through the whole experience? Yes. Okay. We even had a cameraman follow us. We even had a crew, and at that time, we had all the resources. He, for whatever reason, this uncle, he managed to pull media strings. So we had a media vans following us even. Wow. Yes. So it was, it was pretty cool uh -huh. and everything was awesome. And then on the morning of the fifth day, when we woke up to continue on our journey, we received news from uncle's family that his mother, his 90 something year old mother had passed away. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh no. It, it really felt like one of those jokes again. Right, <laughs> right. Like every time you get started, something smacks you in the face. Yeah, it's like I had sold everything that I had, burned all my bridges in terms of career in Singapore, told everyone that, hey, we'll be gone for five years. See you in five years. Five and years five days later. Oh <laughs> and we were there not knowing what to do. On one hand, you couldn't blame the mom for passing right, away. Right, right. On the other, it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do right now? He was our only point of contact in the entire country. And according to like, you know, his Asian tradition, he has to, you know, stay and take care of the tombstone for the next hundred days. <gasps> wow. So there's no, the journey ended right there and then. Period. That was it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we were so devastated, at least I was so devastated. No, I was too. So we were both in a state of utter devastation. Like, like you said just now, like when you had just this one thing 
that you had in your mind that you were going to do and accomplish. Everything else, I was blind to. There was no second path. There was no plan B. I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to respond. Like, we were brought up in a society where pride is a very important thing. Like, you do everything you can to, to make sure you look good, you to feel proud, and yeah. you don't make yourself feel shameful. That you never, ever go there. You never, ever tell other people that, hey, something bad happens, and yeah. I didn't know what to do. We failed. You know, that's like a taboo, boo-boo, don't ever go there kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And it was at this point in time that we met a teacher. So this teacher, her name is Helen. She took us in to a program called Couchsurfing. So it's an online platform whereby you basically surf the couches of people around the world as a cultural exchange. And she was a teacher, and she said, you know what, the two of you have an incredible story. I would love for my students to meet you. Would you like to come to my school and do a little storytelling session during their English class? So there we were thinking, well, what do we have to lose, right? <laughs> right. It's a simple English class. There will be, what, 20, 30 kids. We'll just go and show up and, and wing it from there. And we walked into an auditorium of 100 screaming children. <laughs> that was yeah, not in the memo. Oh, my goodness. And, and back then, I wasn't, like, I had spent my entire life behind the camera being a TV producer and director. I wasn't so comfortable, you know, doing public speaking at yeah. all. Yeah. So I was so nervous that I opened, you know, the sharing with one wrong question. I was supposed to ask all the children, like, how many of you have a dream? And I'm asking, how many of you do not have a dream? Oh, no. And I just opened the pot for disaster, right? Yeah, because an entire row of girls seated way at the back raised their hands. No. And that shocked me right there. And then it's like, I didn't realize why would eight, nine, ten-year-old children have no dreams? Yeah. It was never going to happen in my head. Yeah, that's very eye-opening. And we were told later by the teachers that this group of ladies, girls who raised their hands were actually the top students in the class. So they weren't just playing a trick on us. They really, honestly, do not know what their dreams are. And there was a hushed silence throughout the auditorium because everyone else knew who the girls were except for us, right? And it was just really awkward because there they were the star students. These very students that the school parades around are the ones who do not have dreams. we didn't know what to do, so we did our best. We still winged it. <laughs> Come around, be more inspiring, you know. And eventually we turned the situation around. At the end of the sharing, we got everyone to come down. They wrote their dreams on their hands with markers. And they came down to the front of the auditorium and they declared their dreams to the rest of the cohort. And all was going well, everybody was clapping. And then right there from the corner of our eyes, we saw this group of girls stood up and they started coming down the aisles to come to the front of the stage. I really wanted to just open a hole in the ground <laughs> and jump in and climb and it. at the end. But the thing is, they just kept coming. And finally, when it was this little girl's turn to open her palm and share what she wrote on her palm and, and so-called declare her dream, again, I willed all of myself to not let her do that. <laughs> she still did. She still ended up standing right next to me. And when I just took a moment and just looked at her, I saw that her hand, she was actually shaking. Oh. 
and her fist was clenched really, really tight. And, and in my head, I was wondering what on earth could be on her palm for her to be so nervous about it. Yeah. And again, once everyone noticed that it was that group of girls, there was this hushed, awkward silence. And finally, after what felt like forever, she opened her palms and with a really steady voice, she, even though she was just shaking, she said, I will find my dream. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So it took a 65-year-old gentleman to, you know, one tight slip in the face to say, hey, girls, wake up. You know, what is your dream? What do you really want to do in life? And then it took an eight-year-old girl to, you know, slap on the face the other side and say, hey, it's not your job to go fulfill other people's dreams. You are here as a messenger. You are here to you know, ask the question. You are here to help us find our dreams. Yeah. Right. And she, you know, woke us up to, what were we doing? (laughs) Everyone's dreams is up to them to go believe it and to chase it. And our job was really, she helped us realize our sole purpose is to inspire. I love that. But, and even make people consider that they could have a dream because I think that's what they didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We were in um, one of the poorest village in Guatemala on our journey, and we went into this space of like, you know, these people they are so poor. They didn't have you know money to even put three meals on the table. Who are we to come into this space and start asking them this very painful question: of What your dream is? It suddenly became. It went from a necessity to something that was a privilege. Yeah. Something very. Yes even snotty to, to a certain extent yeah yeah so that started our second round of soul searching that what are we doing how are we you know using our privileged status to storm on these people's livelihood right? right and we went into like a silent retreat for like two weeks actually like more like a month and at the end of that we had a sharing session in the village itself and people came and we shared our stories and what they told us was when you think about not asking these people this question, you are already putting yourself, setting yourself like on top of them. Mm-hmm. When we were thinking, who are we to ask a question as cruel as this? Mm-hmm. They asked us, who are we to be so cruel to even deny them of this simple question? Exactly. Right, right. Half lesson to learn. <laughs> Hey, mamas, I just wanted to pop in and share a little bit about our sponsor today, Aptiv. So very exciting news from Aptiv. They just released a maternity program. It actually has workouts so far. I know they're still developing it, but what they have in the app so far is workouts for first trimester pregnancy, and they have stroller workouts. So after the baby's born, oh my gosh, you have stroller workouts, which is perfect time of year coming into spring and summer. You pop the baby in the stroller, you get outside, you get some fresh air, and you can get some workouts done. So Aptiv is an app where a personal trainer is in your ears. So you turn on the app, plug in your headphones, and you get your workout done with a personal trainer in your ear telling you exactly what to do with some super awesome music in the background. So the whole thing just makes working out so much more fun and creative. So you're not just doing the same boring old things over and over again that you have yourself do. So it's a really great way to get those workouts going and to stay inspired and to stay motivated and to continue to challenge yourself. So if you want to see their maternity workouts or their postpartum workouts, go to aptive.com. That's A-A-P-T-I-V dot com 
and use the code SMA30 to get your first 30 days free. Again, that's aptiv.com, A-A-P-T-I-V.com, and then use the code SMA30 to get your first 30 days free with Aptiv. And now back to our show. Yeah, because you provide, in asking that question, you open the door and provide a potentially completely different perspective and a totally different sense of hope for one's life. Yes. And especially, I mean, depending on like the culture that you're in, but I mean, in a lot of cultures, especially when talking with little girls to be able to say, like, to gently suggest that you should have a dream and you should know what it is. And like, that's a really big deal. And I totally agree with the perspective that if you don't carry that mission out, then you are, yeah, you're holding that back and you're denying those people of considering that and living according to what they want to seek. Mm-hmm. And I also realized that this question itself is equal. Yeah. Everyone can consider this question, right? Yes. And we also realized at that point in time that our sole purpose is not our role. It is not our job. It is not a job description. It is something, it's a value that drives everything that we do. Whereas when people think about their dreams, they think about when they think about a purpose, when they think about their passion, it is always attached to like, oh, what should I do? Who should I be? Like, what is my job description if I'm this, this, and that? Right, right. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. What's the surprising thing that moms around the world shared with you? And talk a little bit about how that shifted for you, your own guilt about leaving home to pursue your dreams. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't too long, actually, after we met that eight-year-old girl that we met a mom (laughs) and her family. So I still remember so clearly. It was the night before we left Taiwan. It was um, Taiwan was our first country. And we had a sharing session in, in a cafe in Taipei. You know, it was raining. We didn't think anyone was going to show up. But the cafe was packed. And sitting right there in a corner was a family of three. A father, a mom, and a little girl. And the mom's name is Kylie, I still remember. Yeah, the yeah. mom's name was Kylie. And, you know, we did our thing. By then, we're doing a lot more than we knew. We, we actually <laughs> knew what we were doing. 
because we had, you know, our purpose to orient us to really just guide us along. Can I back it up for just a minute? Sorry. I want to make sure that, so did you, from that one first school experience, then did you start going into other schools and you continued on your travel just without the older man with you? Yes. Yes. And continued spreading your message. So the trip just shifted gears a little bit, but it still happened. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to make sure that I was following that correctly. Absolutely. So at that time, we were still very new and still very green in the journey. And of course, from our background and our culture, there was always a part of us who felt like we left our families behind to do this ridiculous thing that doesn't bring home a paycheck, that doesn't bring home an award that, you know, my parents can brag to my aunts about. (laughs) It doesn't even bring our parents a peace of mind yet. Right, right, because we are out there. Nobody knows we are not with anybody. It's just yeah. the two of us. There's right. no escorts. There's no chaperones. There's no nothing. Yeah. Right. So anything could have happened. And so we had no problems talking to kids. We had no problems talking to young adults. But when a family showed up at our presentation, I, to be very honest, I was very very wary of them. And in my heart, every sentence I said, I kind of like feel like someone else is judging it. Also because. In a lot of ways, I was judging myself. Mm-hmm. So after that sharing session, Kylie, the mom, came up to us and she said, thank you so very, very much. She said, I brought my husband and my daughter here today because I wanted my daughter who, you know, has buried her face every day in computers and tablets and, you know, online stuff to come here and listen to your inspiring story. I wanted to inspire my daughter to, you know, go see the world, go do something else, be excited about other things beyond the computer. And what touched us was the sentence that came after that. She said, but I realized that in order for me to be a role model and inspiration for my daughter, and in order for me to be the support behind my husband's dreams, I must first find my own and live my own life out. Yes, I love that. That's so important. And that I know, I feel like that's a common thing that moms miss and forget or just aren't able to see. But I think especially in different cultures where moms aren't encouraged to have dreams or live dreams out Mm -hmm. that could be considered a pretty brazen perspective yeah yeah and then years later i think two years later we got to mexico and there was this mom in the group and again she shared the same thing she said you know my life changed when i had my first baby boy that when i was holding him in my arms i realized that while sitting there in the sharing session that I will not be able to tell my boy to go live his dreams because I have not done mine. (laughs) So it was coming up repeatedly. Yes. And even when we were in Japan, a society whereby, you know, each gender had their very, very specific roles. I remember because of Kylie, the first mom we met in Taiwan, we tried to at least have one women's sharing session in each place we stopped by. And in Japan, we had one, an all-women's sharing session. We made it very clear it was for women. And the thing was, other than our translator, everyone who showed up was a man. What? (laughs) Yes. Why? And we asked them, why did you guys come? They were like, we know it's for women, but then we really are interested in the story that you guys have to share. And so we thought, we'll just come and see if you will let us in. <laughs> and they also said a very important thing. They said, 
I am the husband of my wife. I am the boyfriend of my girlfriend. And I really want to know how I can help them. Yeah. Wow. That is so interesting. Yes. And we were so humble. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah, we're like, well, we're going to share. They were coming to be helpful and supportive. They weren't coming to like be dominating or suppressive or like, you know, in charge of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's so cool. So interesting. So I want to encourage everyone who is totally enthralled by this story as I am. The video that I mentioned earlier, it's like a four and a half minute video. I will post it in the show notes, but it's a great video. So like I said, I was like crying throughout it, but I think it's also a great video to show your kids. And the way you produced it is also very kid friendly because there's drawings and there's some great music to it and some, I think, really amazing imagery. But I think it's a great story to show kids as well because I mean your message I love that your message is like not single generational it's like it's a very multi-generational message I think it's a powerful message for moms but I think it's such a powerful message for kids as well as you've demonstrated so I want to definitely encourage families and our moms listening to go watch the video so that they can get a really good sense of what you guys have done and also how you've kind of framed your messaging because I think that we could be framing our message that way with our kids as well and being really encouraging of dreams and really supportive of dreams which isn't always super comfortable because often we want our kids to have the same things to take a similar path that we took because that's the known thing. And so I can imagine mm-hmm. for your parents how stressful that might have been <laughs> when you were like, see you in five years, we're good. <laughs> we always say our parents not saying anything was the greatest blessing they ever gave us. <laughs> they yeah. did not say no. They did not say anything. That was the greatest blessing. What do they say now? What do they say now is you've been all over the world and now you're here in Seattle. Is Seattle a permanent home base or at least for the time being? Yes, okay. for the time being. As permanent as we know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll put permanent with quotations around it. <laughs> yeah. So what do your parents no say No strings now? attached. Right, right. What do your parents say now about your work that you've done and the, your work that you're continuing to do? Well, at the beginning, they really, or at least my parents, really did not understand what dreams are. In their growing up, in their circumstances as immigrants that came from China to Singapore, they really, you know, jumped into the society and started making money and feeding the family and just making things work. All they knew was about survival. So when I talk about dreams to them, (laughs) I didn't realize that in their consciousness, there isn't such a word. Right. At all. That's so interesting. So I skipped a step with them from the very beginning. I didn't define for them what a dream is because I didn't realize that in their vocabulary, there is no such thing. Wow. I just went and wanted them to understand what I was doing was a great thing. I wanted them to understand that I am happy now. But now they kind of understood that I'm happy now. And they still ask, so are you living in a house now? Are you safe? Do you have a job? Do you have a stable income every month? You know, the questions that they ask just to know that we are safe, we are well taken care of. Right. We are not out there in danger. The the same questions any parents will ask. Right. Yeah. How are you helping people now that you are (laughs) permanent-ish in Seattle (laughs) and your world travels are over for the time being? How are you helping people follow their dreams now? So the what is your dream question has evolutionalized to what is your sole purpose. Mm. Mm -hmm. And what we've done is we've collected, I want to say 
all the lessons that we have learned on this journey just by virtue of being on the journey alone and by virtue of interviewing thousands of people about their dreams, their hopes, and as well as their challenges. And also from teachers, from healers, from sages, from just wise elders sitting with them and learning from them, we have basically just coalesced everything that we have learned into a, how would you call that? A course? A course, uh, yeah, a course, a program, really. I prefer, I think of it as a journey, right? A journey whereby we initiate you into getting to know yourself, just tuning in to become aware of getting clear, you know, what is this dream? What is my soul purpose? What is that 1% that has been driving all my actions, my thoughts, my intentions, my habits throughout my life? And how can I be more intentional, right, about gearing everything else around my life towards that? Because I firmly believe after meeting so many people is when each of us step into that soul purpose, when each of us are more willing to become more of us, we're at the same time giving people around us, especially people we love and people who love us, permission to be more of them. So do you work with people online then? I'm assuming if it's like a program, you're working with people online or do you work with people online and in person? So we have a private consulting practice whereby we see businesses and clients in person. So that's that. And then the program that the journey we're talking about is it's mostly online. So people receive materials in their email, but we also have an amazing community inside a private Facebook group that we share learnings of. And then we also have coaching calls with them. Oh, nice. So you're able to connect with people remotely and all over the world. <laughs> so you're not yeah, limited yes. to your permanent-ish home. (laughs) (laughs) Describe the legacy, and you guys might want to answer this separately, but the answer might be similar. Describe the legacy you're building and how does being shameless play into your legacy? So like we shared at the beginning, the legacy that we're trying to build is really to enlighten businesses, to enlighten the economy, because we believe that when you enlighten the economy, only then can you enlighten humanity. And Being shameless in this process for us has been about being able to even say this sentence that I said to you just now. (laughs) (laughs) I think enlightened, it's a very loaded word, at least in the Western culture. Yes. Right? But the way we see it is simply illuminating. It's like switching on the light. It's like we made the transition to HDTV, right? It's not that different. Can we make the transition to a conscious economy? Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, stop making money wrong for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Right, right. And the second thing I want to say about being shameless is to shamelessly ask for help. It was like, uh, I think just a couple of weeks ago, we were having a workshop at WeWork, the co-working space Mm -hmm. we work at, South Lake Union. And it was a very interesting dynamic because the whole thing was promoted uh, mainly internally. And then we got signups, we have RSVPs. But then when time came for the workshop, no one showed up. Oh, no. I've been (laughs) there. That's the worst. (laughs) That is like, that is such a blow to the ego. (laughs) Exactly. It is. But at the same time, I mean, society has also built us in a way whereby when things like that happen, we tend to just make it all about ourselves. Like, oh, I failed. I suck. I didn't do this right. It must be me. I'm the failure. And then there's a lot of shame involved, self-shaming. And as business partners, shaming each other. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then also feeling really ashamed in front of the host, like, you know, going to WeWork and say, yeah, no one showed up. And, you know, 
with social media, a lot of times we are only showing what we like to call the highlight reels of our life. Totally. <laughs> Juicy stuff. Yes. And there's this tendency to compare your behind the scenes, real gritty stuff like this mm-hmm. <laughs> with other people's highlight reels. And it's just not real at all. That to me is where shamelessness need to come in and say, hey guys, you know what? This happened and we really want to know what else we can do better yeah. and how can we shift and adjust from here. Yeah. So we came back and we shared this story on Facebook to everybody because I wanted it to be an inspiration learning point versus a shameful point, right? Somebody needs to talk about this. And it brought so much feedback because so many of us have experienced that and never had a chance to talk about or didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, and I think that that play, I mean, that can be, because it can be an entrepreneur situation like you just explained in your own business, but it can also be like when you put yourself out there in other ways and people don't show up for you. I actually was just having a conversation with some friends about some girlfriends and one of them had texted the other about wanting to make this big professional leap and she was asking for some advice and the other friend, it was just on a really busy day for her and she didn't text her back. And the first friend was like, that really, really hurt my feelings. Like it took a lot for me to send you that text and you didn't reply. And then mm-hmm. I fo- sent a follow-up text and you didn't reply. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like my kids were crazy that day. So I think that like just acknowledging like this thing happened and that did not feel good. And I think it's important that we talk about those things rather than just yeah. internalizing them and making them about yourself because we mm-hmm. all have those things. But you're right. It is so easy on social media to be like, everyone else shows up for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Tanval, this has been so fun and so awesome. And I love your story. And I'm so just impacted by everything you shared. So I really, really appreciate it. I do want to have people know where we can find you. And then we do need to do our lightning round. So first of all, let's find out where can people find you if they want to connect? So we do have a gift that we would like to offer every listener out there who has, you know, paid as one of the rarest resources on earth at this point, which is your attention just for listening in. We'd like to help you get clear on your soul purpose. And we have a free email series. It's called Distill Your Soul Purpose. It's a three-day series, five minutes a day. So it's really doable to help you just tune in and become aware of what is that 1%. Distill it out so that it can become your North Star that guides you in everything you do. And that you can simply download it from tayandval.com forward slash soul purpose. And that's tayandval with the letter N. I love it. Tayandval, it's no A-N-D. It's just Tay. N letter Val. Okay. So I will have that at the show notes as well. So if you go to shamelessmom.com and then click on episode 128, you can get that download. And I was actually, before we started recording, I was telling Tay and Val how perfect this opportunity is because moms often won't give up more than five minutes a day. So I was like, perfect, five minutes a day, like anyone can do that. But I love the idea of, I've talked about this so much on the podcast about like spending 10 minutes in the morning and pick one thing. It could be journaling, it can be reading, it can be exercise, it can be meditation, it can be visualization, but just pick like one thing to take care of yourself first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be like an hour at the gym. It can be like you just said, five minutes, a five minute commitment to just do something to serve yourself. And so this is perfect for that. So I will definitely have that all linked up in the show notes. All right. Your website is tanval.com, correct? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. And then I'm also linked to the video, this amazing video. Do you have a name for the, is it, what's your dream? Is that the name for the video? 
That particular one is called How Two Extraordinary Girls Chose to Be Extraordinary. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So I will make sure I link up to that. And you played on that very well. I love the title. I was watching the beginning. Two Extraordinary Girls. It was very cute. Okay. So lightning round. I'm going to let you each answer these each question. So I have five questions. And we'll start with what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Sleeping in. Doing nothing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> The current book that you're reading or the last one you read? So we read books together. The current one that we're on is the original Chinese version of the I Ching. So Tay reads it aloud to me and then I translate it back to her in English. Holy cow. (laughs) That sounds so hard. It's actually a lot of fun. I know it sounds hard for, for like a lot of people, but to us. For someone fun. who only speaks one English, one language. See? <laughs> Do you see? I can't even I can't even acknowledge that there's multiple languages. It is very comforting. This is how American I am. Yeah. Very comforting for us because Mandarin is also our first language. English is also our first language. To be able to, you know, just have both languages with us is very comforting for us. Yeah. So cool. That is so impressive to me. What is one morning ritual you can't live without? Meditation. (laughs) Nice. Who is your biggest inspiration? Well, Val is my greatest inspiration. Oh, my grandmother thanks you for it because my grandmother is my biggest inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? We thought about it long and hard and truly if there's anything both of us could give moms, it is a self-replenishing book of permission slips. Oh, yes. That's a good one. I love that. Can you invent that, please? (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you know once it's available. Yes. We'll have you back on the show. (laughs) Well, this has been so fun. I really appreciate you both taking time. And I'm just in awe of your journey and where you've been so far. And I know that it only can take you to greater places because of the experiences that you have behind you. So I really appreciate you coming on the Shameless Mom Academy and sharing your stories. Thank Thank you you for having us and thank you for listening in. And I've never heard two people complete sentences for each other. (laughs) I'm like blown away. At first I was like, are they just really rehearsed? And then I was like, no, I think they just complete each other's sandwich sentences. Very, very impressive. We have to meet each other in person now. I have to check out whenever your next meditation event is, not to be confused with yoga. (laughs) I will have to come. So I'll keep up on your Facebook posts. And I will also link to your, I know you have a private Facebook page, but you have a public Facebook page as well. Yes. Yes. So I will post that in our show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you. So that people can follow you there. And especially for local people, if they want to try to, if they want to try to come do some meditation and meet with me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Have a fantastic day and definitely come back and join us again in the Shameless Mom Academy. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining Tay and Val and me today in the Shameless Mom Academy. If you learned something from this episode or you felt inspired by this episode, please do share it. You can go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 128. That will give you all the show notes and information. Any links mentioned today will all be over there. Additionally, you can get a link for the show so you can share it out so that other people can listen to this inspirational story and learn from Tay and Val. If this is your first time joining us in the Shameless Mom Academy, please know that we do release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and you can go to Shameless Mom 
mom.com forward slash review. And that will drop you into our iTunes store where you can subscribe. So as soon as we get new shows released, you will be the first to hear them and the first to listen. You will never miss an episode. So go ahead, go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and click on the little subscribe button. While you're there, you can also do me a huge, huge favor and leave a little review. It can be long or short. Just tell me what you loved about the show, what you loved about this episode, just to give me some feedback that really, really helps me. It also helps other moms who are wondering if this is a good show for them. When they see your reviews, they think, oh yes, that's what I want to hear more of in my life. And so they will be inspired by your reviews and inspired to take action and start listening in and joining us in the Shameless Mom Academy on a regular basis. Thank you for spending time with us today. Again, if you are interested in joining me for the next Shameless Mom Mastermind, please do email me at info at shamelessmom.com and I will make sure to add you to the wait list. Again, I'm just so blown away by the things that are happening in our current mastermind group, which is why I'm going to be offering another one shortly. So go ahead and email me at info at shamelessmom.com and I will make sure that you get added to the wait list and that you get all the information as soon as I have it released for the next Shameless Mom Mastermind. Thank you for spending time with me today. I know your time is valuable and I know it's limited when you are chasing those little ones around or maybe they're big ones and you're not chasing them, but your days are packed. I totally get it. So I really feel honored that we got to spend time together today. Please join us again for the next show in just a few days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.